the Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? What are some things standing in the way of being the best version of you? For a lot of people, life, your past, and sometimes your current situation can cause roadblocks in your life. Mental health is incredibly important, and so many, including myself, can benefit from talking to a professional and working to dismantle those roadblocks. That's why I'm excited to talk to you guys about BetterHelp. BetterHelp knows no two people are the same and will help to assess your personal needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. These incredibly convenient appointments are in a safe and completely private online environment, and you can start chatting with your new therapist in under 24 hours. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. You can message with your counselor at any time and get a timely response, plus schedule weekly video or phone sessions, which means no driving to an office, no waiting rooms, and no awkward small talk. Just meaningful sessions with experts who specialize in things like depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, trauma, family conflict, LGBTQ matters, grief, and so much more. There is truly someone there for everyone. And BetterHelp is committed to finding your perfect match, which means if you and your counselor don't mesh for whatever reason, they make it easy and free to seek someone new if needed. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling, And with financial aid available and access worldwide, they truly make it easy for anyone to seek the help they need. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash morning cup. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a... Weird homicide. Scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird morning. Cup of murder. For most, it's completely unimaginable to do anything that would cause a loved one harm. But for others, love and shared blood means very little. On January 31st, 1939, a young girl was born who had suffered tremendously at the hands of a man that was meant to care for her. A man who, after years of torment, died at the hands of the girl who he imprisoned for most of her life. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Chio Aizawa born on January 31st, 1939, was the first of what would later be six children born to an alcoholic father who raped his daughter for most of her life. 
and a mother who, upon being confided in by the daughter who was being taken advantage of, fled the home and left Chio behind to fend for herself. She returned several years later and attempted to stop their incestuous relationship. But by then, Takeo Aizawa and Chio were living together and acting as husband and wife. In total, Chio would become pregnant with her father's child 11 times over the course of their relationship, have five daughters, two of whom died as infants, and undergo complete sterilization in 1967 after her sixth abortion. Chio seemed resigned to the life that she was dealt until 1968 when she met a 22-year-old man and fell in love for the very first time. Her father was furious, and to keep her exactly where he wanted, he confined Chio and threatened the lives of her three remaining daughters. Something inside of Chio finally broke, and a girl who had her entire life taken away from her by a father who was meant to care for her was ready to take a life of her own. On October 5th, 1968, Chio, who was now 29 years old, strangled Takeo Aizawa, her 53-year-old father, to death in their home in Yaita City. A man who had been nothing but violent and vile to her most of her life was now being drained of air by her own hands. When she was arrested, the neighbors thought she was Takeo's wife. It wasn't until news of the case started to spread that they realized what horrors lay behind their closed doors. Because Japanese family law prohibits polygamy and intermarriage between relatives, but not inbreeding, the daughters left behind were recorded as Takeo's illegitimate children. The case that followed, known as the Tochigi Patricide case, became a landmark piece of Japanese crime history. The controversial trial began and, because of an outdated law that made parricide a life-or-death sentence, there was very little room for the mitigating circumstances of this particular case, meaning the law made the punishment black and white and was not really prepared to take into consideration the horrible life that Chio was forced to live. Justices typically accept some mitigating circumstances and have some wiggle room, but even with all of the reductions in place, Chio would have had to serve an absolute minimum of three years and six months in prison. Many, understandably, found this to be unfair given what she went through, and her lawyers fought tirelessly to prove that this was a case of self-defense and that she had been driven insane by her father's continuous rape. Finding the article that would have forced her to serve life behind bars or be executed unconstitutional, Chio's case led to changes in the parasite penalty. She was acquitted of the crime on May 29, 1969, but almost immediately, the Tokyo High Court denied the acquittal and sentenced her instead to the three years and six month minimum on May 12, 1970. In one final appeal, the Supreme Court of Japan accepted the argument of self-defense and accepted the argument that imposing a harsh penalty on the girl would violate the principle of human equality. The article was officially ruled unconstitutional on April 4, 1973, and Shio Aizawa was found guilty of regular homicide and given two years and six months in prison, a suspended sentence. On April 19, 1973, the Japanese Ministry of Justice announced that Japanese murderers who killed their parents could be individually granted amnesty on a case-to-case -case basis, abolishing the original Parasite Penal Code in 1995. 
Chio was eventually acquitted altogether and spent the rest of her life as a free woman, though I can imagine she lived with the demons of her father's decisions for quite a long time. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to what terrible thing happened on February 1st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there is always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.